my grandmother was and still is um, a powerful inspiration to me. She's a person who is always positive, always ready with a hug and food. And I love that growing up, every time I was going to stay over at grandma's house, I knew that I would be um, treated really well. She would have the bed made up perfectly with a doll sitting in it for me. She would have my favorite food. And she would make me feel just very special and welcome in her home. And it's that very sense of warmth and of homemaking that has kind of sat in my heart and, and has geared me to try and be the same way. I think all of us can probably relate in a way. We love to make people feel comfortable. And when I first got married, this is, let's see, 2000, we got married in 2003, but this was in 2005. My husband, Aaron, and I, Aaron's not here today, um, were um, living in Arizona. And in Arizona, um, we had our first kind of real home together. And I was so excited to have my parents, his parents, sorry, come out and visit this one time. Um, and uh, had made the bed up so perfectly and so nicely and had the space looking really nice. And they came out and they liked it. Um, I mean, it probably wasn't maybe as clean as their home is, but it was close and they loved it. And then a couple of years later, um, I had a kid. And my ability to have my home ready and warm and welcoming for them was a little bit different, you know, uh, with kids, changes your scenery a little bit. Um, Tyson, my oldest, was a baby at the time, and I have a dog. His name is Wrigley. And my in-laws came to visit, and I was so excited to have them, and I was a little anxious about not having the home perfect, just, uh, just as I would have before, or at least my version of perfect. Um, and they were staying in this one room that was next to my son's room. My dog apparently was pretty jealous of the attention uh, that my son is receiving and that he wasn't receiving from my in-laws. And so late one night, my dog went into my baby's room and he got into the diaper pail. And then he took the diapers that were a little messy into my in-laws room in the middle of the night where he tore them apart and left them there. So my father-in-law came and woke up my husband early the next morning. He said, there are dirty diapers all over our floor. Welcome to our home. That is not the kind of welcome that we are talking about this morning. We're starting a series today called Prepare Him Room. And of course, this is the season of Advent. This is the season of excitement uh, for Jesus' coming in many ways. And this series that we're going to be talking about this month is all about preparing room in your life and in your heart um, for this very special thing. And just remembering that it's the reason that we're here today. Before we get into that, I do have a few announcements. So just a couple of things. We, uh, we do have connection cards. You won't find them in your, in your little program. They are sitting on a table right over there. If you have any prayers or thoughts or questions, feel free to fill one of those out. Although this is a cozy enough space, you can pretty much ask a lot of people around you if you have questions as well. And then we also have an app. And on the app, 
Look, there it is. There's instructions right there. Let's see, it says text Restore Church to 77977, and that should bring you to the app. Um, or you can search for eChurch. Um, we are Restore on your app store. And through the app, you can leave some comments, or uh, there's a connection card on there. You can also uh, share offering. If Restore is uh, is something that you're part of and that you're that you're into, we would love for you to support this ministry. If you're new here, we ask that you take your time, get to know us. Um, but either way, take that gift that God gives you, your first fruits, and give that over to him and support something that you believe in, that you believe that he is in. Um, and that's trusting him and that's faith. I'm so sorry. Also, you'll notice that several of our men are missing this morning. That is because they are finishing up Restore Church's very first men's retreat. And here I've got a couple photos. You can kind of see what they've been doing. <laughs> Football, of course. I, I hope there were no injuries. There they are. They've been in the Shenandoah Valley, like I said, for the first uh, rest Restore men's retreat we've ever had. This is really exciting for us. Um, and so I just ask that you keep them in your prayers as they travel back today. They'll be here this afternoon from the retreat. From what I hear, it's been pretty powerful, which is great. Praise God. But also, I'd like to, to tell you that we have lots of exciting things like this plan for 2018. This is a big deal for us. This is new stuff for us. One of, one of those things is that we're going to be moving into a bigger space again. This has been such a gift. We love this space. Obviously, this is, this is the Restore Church living room, and it will remain that way. Um, but we will be changing locations um, to a nearby church, most likely, um, sometime in the year 2018. So that will be exciting. And we also don't have the official save the date yet. We will. But ladies, late April, we will have our turn to have a retreat. And I think we'll probably do it better than they did because, you know, I'm just kidding. I know we're we'll probably have to see if we can maybe stay in the same place to get that but uh so mark down a note if you will for yourself and save that time we'd love for you for you to join us for that uh women's retreat late <laughs> April and also one more announcement we have a team um I think this is our fourth trip our fourth team we're sending to Greece uh to work with Syrian refugees and they are leaving next Saturday one of which is my husband and Jamie, back there, is also going. They are going to Thessaloniki. I believe I said that correctly. And it's our first time to that specific location. This is really exciting for us um, as we continue to find a way to be consistently going and supporting the efforts that are already going on there. Uh, that is our prayer. So I ask for you to pray for that team as they travel away from their families, away from their jobs, um, and into a place where God will have them to just play a part in supporting the people that are already there doing all the hard work. So keep them in your prayers. Okay, I think that's good for announcements, and I'll jump back into what we were saying. If you could open up your Bible. I'm going to have you kind of save a spot. Because here's what we're doing today. We are going to just take a peek, just a peek, at um, some of the prophecies of the coming of Jesus in the Old Testament this morning. So open up your Bible to Isaiah. Chapter 7, and we'll get to that in a minute. 
So here's just a little bit about the prophet of Isaiah. Isaiah uh, was what we call a messianic prophet, the messianic prophet, I should say. So he is the one who was bringing the news and the hope and the promises of the Messiah to come. So that's Isaiah. We're going to dig into some of his words this morning. When I was a kid, I remember very clearly having a bad dream where there's this man's deep voice saying something to me and it really frightened me. Um, and he just had a deep voice and I don't even remember what he was saying, but you know, when you're in a dream, it doesn't really matter what they're saying. It just feels scary. just felt scary. And I remember being terrified and I woke up in my bed. I was scared and all I wanted to do was run to my parents' room, which was not uncommon for me. Anybody else run to their parents' room when they had nightmares at night? Yeah. So I would do this thing because early on, if I learned that if I crawled in the middle of them, they would... Let me lay there for a minute and then take me back to bed. Well, I didn't want that. And so I would, I had this trick that I would go to their room and I would fold up the blanket at the end of their bed and I would crawl under it where their feet were <laughs> so they didn't see me or family and I would just lay there because I just wanted to be close to them. I just wanted the safety of knowing that I'd had this nightmare, but just being in their presence would rescue me. And Isaiah is preaching, excuse me, sharing this word from God in a time kind of like that, scary, confusing, dark. These people just needed hope. And then Isaiah comes and says, I've got good news. And he says this in Isaiah 7, verse 14. The virgin shall be with child and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. And here's the most powerful part of that. The word Emmanuel, the very word that he said means God with us. Good news, God is coming to be here physically where we can touch him and feel him and smell him with us. He didn't say the dark times are going away. He said God's coming to be with us in it. There's something about having the presence of God and acknowledging it and knowing it that is so comforting. And here these people are lost, scared, confused, and they get to have this promise of someone coming to them. For them at the time, it was just a promise. But it was hope. It's easy for us to forget the promises of God of what we have to look forward to. In Isaiah's time, they were looking forward to the coming Messiah. In our culture, resurrection has happened and Christ will return. But in the meantime, our faith is paving paving the way for people to experience Christ's love now. And that includes us. So for this first section... God promises that he will bring a child that will be born to be with us. Why is that important for you right now? It's comforting for you, but it's also important for us to recognize that at this time, this was just a promise. They clung to it, and that's how they had joy, just as Jesus calls us to do. The next thing, turn over in Isaiah to chapter 9. 
We're going to read verses 5 and 6. The second prophecy, the second messianic prophecy that Isaiah speaks is the promise of Jesus' dominion. It says this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Upon his shoulder dominion rests. They name him Wonderful Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful. Isaiah reveals that the Messiah will have a power that we can trust. Unfortunately, we are surrounded by people with power, but we don't know if we can trust them. And that's scary. It's a hard thing. It's, a hard, it's been a hard year for some of us, whether it be um, people in your own home or your bosses, um, other leaders that shall go nameless, people that we have a hard time trusting one way or another that are in control. And Isaiah is saying here, be encouraged. You have people in control right now that are confusing to you and you don't understand. But just know this, this Christ will have dominion over all of it, over all of that power. And all of that power that everyone else thinks that they have will be nothing. His power, his dominion is vast and it's forever peaceful. It's not a power that scares us. It's not a power that shames us. It's a power that gives us peace. His very presence gives us peace. We cling to the promise that Christ is the Messiah and he has a power that we can place our lives in. It's a power we can trust no matter what is coming our way. In its words, we didn't get to experience Christ in flesh in front of us. But his presence is here and we know it and we feel it and he has it available to us. That very peace that he promised, that God promised from the very beginning is still uh, here for us to take in and appreciate. The third prophecy is from Isaiah chapter 11. And this prophecy describes the justice of his rule. Let's open up to Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesus, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. He shall judge the poor with justice and decide aright for the lands afflicted. Justice shall be the band around his waist. This is an extension of the encouragement of his power. We are human, and many of us feel this, this, this pressure and this burden that it is on us individually to right every wrong. That can be really overwhelming. I don't know about you, but when I see problems, when I read the news, or even just on social media, and I see all the heavy things that are going on, it can be really overwhelming. It can be hard to look at the world and just see how much is going on and all the problems, and even in our own individual lives, just different areas, you can always see that something could just be better. And it's overwhelming, and you feel like, this is on me to fix this. But we're human, and we know we can't. And I think this is where Isaiah's words... God's words 
Jesus's promise is saying, I got it. <laughs> Trust me. I'm the one that will provide that justice and I'm the one who will rule. It is not on you. And this should be a relief to all of us. God promised that he would come to life and he did. And here's the secret of Advent. I don't know about you, but I really didn't know the word Advent until hmm, probably college. It's not something, it's a traditional thing that the church I was part of, um, I don't know that I, really, I didn't learn it there. Do, I, they may have studied it, maybe I forgot, but it was never something that was uh, really taught to me. Um, Christmas was always about just Jesus being born. Well, here's the truth. Advent is not about Jesus being born. Advent is about Jesus coming and saving us. That's what it's about. It's about being excited about what's to come. And we still have this hope, not just about what he's already come and done and we know of. Advent's also about his second coming. We won't go too deep into that today, but there is hope that Christ will come and he'll rule and have dominion over all of the earth. So let's consider those three things. Those three points that Isaiah pointed out in his prophecies. So number one, God will be with us. So he's saying there is a Jesus and a Lord and a human being and a God in human being form coming to be with us. So first, God is with us right here. I'll be honest sometimes with my kids. When I think they're being dishonest, I'll say, okay, maybe I don't know if you're telling the truth, but God does. <laughs> it's true. But I also say it in comforting times because a lot of times like me and probably like you, they have nights where they have scary dreams and they wake up and they cry. And it sounds silly, but to them, the reality of that dream was so scary and they felt so alone. And even now, I'll whisper, God is with you. Because I can't always be, as much as I'm tempted to say, always come to mom. You know, I don't really want them coming in my room when they're 17, crawling into my, the foot of my bed, you know. Actually, it'd be kind of cute, maybe, but no, maybe not cute. But anyway. I want my kids to have this knowledge, to have this understanding that in, through, in every darkness and every lightness that God is with us. Isaiah promised it. So that's the first thing we remember this morning. The second thing is his dominion. He's king. He's the one who rules the whole earth. He was there in the beginning. He was there to die on the cross, and he's there now. So he has dominion. And then the third thing was the justice of his rule and how, what a relief it is to us not to just give up on the ways that he calls us to live out justice and to pursue righteousness and justice. That is, that is how Jesus comes and brings that. But it also gives us hope and relief. You don't have to be the Savior. Amen. We already have one. So take those three things, and I want you to do something. Ta if you have your program or your phone, that's okay. <laughs> if you have your program, you should take note of these three things, or your, 
your phone or wherever you can take a note. I don't want you to write something to yourself. Number one, if you close your eyes and you think of a space and time that is especially difficult for you to be peace-filled or to enjoy his presence, I want you to write down that space and that time. Write down, he is with me there. He's with me there. I'm going to tell you this. If it's a time in the past that is haunting you, that was painful and hard, why don't you write a note to yourself? He is there. He was with me. He is here. He is with you. So name that space. Number two. His dominion. I love this line from that scripture. They name him Wonderful Counselor, God, Hero, Father forever, Prince of Peace. His dominion is vast and forever peaceful. Let's think about him as counselor for a moment. Where do you need, where in your life do you need to ask for his help and his guidance? Specifically right now, where is it? Where do you need to close your eyes, take in his presence, and listen for his counsel? Where is that? And third, where is an area of tension where you are struggling to have peace? You're frustrated. You're mad about something. You're bothered by something. You don't like something. And it's enough that it's kind of got a knot in your chest or it's enough that you're talking about it a lot. Where is it that you see injustice in your own life, in our culture, and it just eats at you? Where is that? Write that down and then write, he is in charge. In just a minute, we're going to sing a song together. It's one of my favorite worship songs at the moment. It's called What a Beautiful Name It Is. At the very beginning, it says, you were the word at the beginning. He was there at the beginning. He's been with us all along. And God proved to us that he's here with us by sending him in human form to die on a cross for us and relieve us of sin, relieve us of fear, relieve us of guilt, relieve us of shame, give us a place to belong, and more than anything, to bring us peace and salvation from all of that. And we celebrate that this Advent season. I want to encourage you to do this. I know you're, you get things uh, from church and you take notes and we all have it in a um, good plan that we'll think about it or we'll follow through. But I really want to challenge you to take these three things that you wrote down. And today, today, I'll just challenge you with you today. Go home and pray about this. Make those three things your prayer. Spend five minutes or more if you can. <laughs> Pray that. See what God says to you. See where he's speaking. There's truth in that. Here's the cool thing about Isaiah's prophecies. 
They weren't just for the people then. They weren't just for the people who came along after. They're for us too. They're to remind us that we have a Savior that came to be with us, that came to give us guidance, that rules and that gives us peace and that saves us. So as we go into this Christmas season and we think about um, presents and family and decorating and hopefully having a better diaper pail than I had, as we think about those things, remember at the forefront of your heart and your mind to prepare him room. And this is how you do it. Open up your heart to him and listen to what he has to say and let him just love on you and let's celebrate him in this season. Let's pray together.